and we are back with another episode of Rushing to Adulthood. Today, I am so excited to be joined by Lonnie G, who comes to me actually via a, fr- a mutual friend of ours. So I'm just so glad that this is um, reaching different folks outside of my immediate space. But Lonnie is a spiritual life coach and an intuitive healer for Black women. That's right. In this work, she is seeking to empower one million Black women worldwide to love ourselves fully, out loud, in order to live liberated. Come on, we got a timeline. Come on, smart goal. Live liberated by 2023. So Lonnie, in her pursuit of reaching one million Black women to live out loud fully and to be liberated by 2023, it's time bound. And she does this by creating safe and sacred spaces for Black women to heal. She hosts retreats, workshops, and events in the local Houston, Texas community and beyond. We are so glad to have her in our world. And I'm excited to have her as a part of this conversation. Make sure you check out the information uh, for this episode It'll be some links for you to find her on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and you can even register for an upcoming retreat. With that, let's get into it. Hey, girl. Hey. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? You know... Blessed and highly favored. I've been quoting Gma. That's that's what I call my grandmother. Blessed and highly favored. And I'm feeling it today. The sun is shining. It's nice. I mean, I went out today. Did not have to have a coat, which is like the first time in a minute out here in the DMV where I live. So, yeah, kind of feeling myself after getting a little vitamin D. So, <laughs> it it'll do that to you. It'll do Listen, that. Listen, I don't have the luxury of being out there with the sun shining like 360 days a year. <laughs> We've been having some cloudy days. So today the sun is out and I'm grateful. Listen, we will take it. Goodness gracious. Well, I'm so glad to be here with you today and to meet you. Uh, Shout out to my girl, Chels. You know, we have a mutual friend who um, has connected us to be able to have this conversation. So I'm really grateful. And as y'all heard in that lovely bio, y'all gonna have to check her out. You're gonna hear where you can check Lonnie out in a bit because you want to get into it. And what you'll hear today in our conversation, I guarantee you, you're gonna get some, you're gonna get some people over there. So I'm excited and I'm glad for what I already have learned from and with you. So let's I let's get into this topic today because um it's something and it's necessary, especially at this time in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um at the time that this um episode is coming out, we will have officially reached a three-year mark of a pandemic. Mm-hmm. um we didn't all have been through some wild stuff we are just sitting here as black women you queer women? I, I am something. okay let me add that layer <laughs> black queer women out here minding our business but the business minding us yes there's a lot in our lives and our families that we have experienced right that would require a conversation about healing mm-hmm And I want to start by saying, you know, we were talking about this um, artist who talks about healing is not our purpose. 
Um, it is not the only thing we are here to do. And especially as Black queer women, we want to do other things like exist and be in joy and be yeah. in abundance. Yeah. And we know that a part of getting to that place is doing some healing. So I know that's a huge um, part of your gifts and the, the, I always call it ministry for this world in this work. Yeah. Um, so I would love to just hear from you as we um, enter into this conversation of healing into adulthood. Um, when you when you hear that phrase, what's like coming straight up for you? First and foremost, it's addressing my inner child's experience because mm. as we were talking about before, like a lot of us, I feel like a lot of black women were kind of rushed into adulthood. Like regardless of your family upbringing and things like that, I don't feel like there was much space made for us. I'll speak for me. Not much space made for me to elongate my childhood or mm -hmm. you know process the things that happened that were traumatic to me in my childhood mm. and so before me getting to a place of being grounded in my adulthood I have to figure out how she was doing <laughs> like mm. and how she still is doing so yes. I really make practice and make space for her as much as I can to see like okay girl what's going on because mm. she she gonna shut me down if I don't, if I don't address her <laughs> okay <laughs> Yeah, she would sit me down like, no, mm. no, 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 ma'am. Not yet. Okay. Not today. So, yeah. Addressing her and giving her space is like prime focus for me. Mm. I'm, when you're saying that, I'm thinking, I don't know if you've seen the movie Split um, oh with um, James McAvoy. That's my guy. I'm just out here. I don't know. He's just such a great actor. But anyway, mm -hmm. it's a movie that is um, meant to highlight. Um, DDD, dissociative, dissociative disorder, mm -hmm. um, what they used to call multiple personalities. Um, and it's called split because he has like 20 something, you know, identities. And there is kind of the, the you know, spoiler alert, if you ain't seen it, sorry, <laughs> but it's really important for this conversation, which you just mentioned. It's part of his when you see the second movie, his whole journey of all the identities that show up and when he's not letting the one that really needs to show up and have space and be held and be seen, he turns into a monster, like he literally. And so when you're saying like letting her take up space, letting her in this movie, they call it being spotlight, letting her be in the spotlight and saying, this is what I need. This is what I, was important for me to heal. Not just now, right? I'm talking about like, I need to, like you say, I need to go back. Yeah. And so I'm just really drawn to that um, image of being like having that young child have spotlight. Um, yes. And I will say for me, you know, a few episodes back, I shared a little bit about um, kind of the, the value for me of paying homage so I think part of the, the the story of healing is that you have to go and just fix it. You know, some people have this understanding that like it doesn't hurt anymore. You just dealt with it all. Um, and part of it for me, part of my healing journey has been to sort of say, let me slow down and see, as you said, what does she need? What did she need then that I now as an adult with a little bit more skill and toolbox, all of those things that I now can provide for her? And then give her thanks for all that she has done for us that she should not have had to do, mm -hmm. but she did it. And I'm grateful. I want to give great, great, you know, give gratitude and pay homage and then allow her to return to where she should be, which is not necessarily in that version at this point in my life. Mm -hmm. That's a word. Mm. <laughs> that is a word. I really love that because 
something I often say, because I have this workshop called The Art of Mothering Yourself, mm. where it's specifically focused on inner child healing and reparenting yourself from the perspective of your mother. And oh, wow. I, one of the main things I say is like, let her come center stage. Because oh, I know for yeah. me, I felt like I was in the background all the time. And like, I kind of wanted to shy away because when I was center stage, either I wasn't heard, I wasn't validated, I wasn't respected. And so when I make space for her to come center stage and yell as loud as she wants, say mm. what I to say, no filter, I feel better because yes. I don't have to hold back anymore. And she gets to release. She gets to say, this is what it was, girl. And I didn't really like that. And mm. it hurt me. And mm-hmm. I don't know how to move forward right now, but I need your help. And that's where we can have different versions of ourselves show up to bring us along, bring that inner child along and not in a space of fear or, you know, resentment as well, because mm. we put that in our bodies. And so I, I really love that you brought that up. It definitely, I got chills. I was like, nah, <laughs> speak it to me. Oh, Ooh, spirit doing stuff. I'll be so sick of it. It's like, why would you say that? <laughs> Yes. it's but I'm, I love that and I'm I'm, lo- I'm um, looking forward to learning more about this this course because um, I think you're really speaking to um, what I think is when I heard what you said around like you know mothering the say that again for me mothering the child, art of mothering yourself art, art of mothering yourself and um, I think Part of it is for me learning, I've had to learn in my journey, my my mother in particular, who I'm speaking about, did not get the healing she deserved, not as an adult and definitely not the child in her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she parented from that place of hurt and unhealedness. And then there is this longer thread of being the healer for the generation of our, you know, our, our bloodline. And for a long time, I was so resistant, like, uh uh-uh, get somebody else to do it, get somebody else to do it, because it's not going to be me. And I I mean, there's still sometimes I feel it easy, even as I'm saying it, like, I still feel that resistance. Mm -hmm. And I think when I reframed this understanding of healing, as you just named it, um, as in giving myself what I needed, giving the child in me what I needed, which allows me to actually show up, my mother's still here with us. Mm-hmm. allows me to show up to her with that healed child greeting her right mm-hmm. with a child with boundaries her child who's who's still her child even though I'm grown I'm still her child and so really thinking about for me the shift from well I gotta fix all of my problems because it's gonna fix all of my family's problems too I'm gonna heal for me and what is that that quote you know when I shine you know it's going to allow other people to shine and I think that that's part of this journey of sort of like getting clear for me that healing is a generational thing an intergenerational thing for me a bloodline thing but it is not in the way that I have thought about it it's really about if I'm showing up more and more healed if I'm showing up as the child who wish she could have said that's a boundary for me Mm -hmm that's not comfortable for me, or I have a question about that. Mm-hmm. Now that child in me speaking to my mother can say those things. Yeah. And that to me was a real gift. And I remember um, her reaction. Initially, it was like, she wanted to give me that, who are you talking to? You know, she wanted <laughs> to give me that, that black mama, you know? 
And I think she saw me as an adult, right? And in, in, in a particular way in that moment. And I think it really, it softened her. I remember very vividly, I was 25 and there was a lot happening. And she just was like, that gumption, where did that come from? And it came because I said that child, she wanted to say some things to you. Now, now she wanted to say some things that no child should say to anybody, <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> you know, bust you up type situations. And what I needed to say as a child that I could now say, and I felt the release a little bit for both me and for my mother. And so what you're saying just really makes me think about the power of um, the generational gifts that that we give, not just going back, but also moving forward. Absolutely. And I think it's really important to have that perspective shift, especially as we start our healing journey as adults. For me, my perspective shift came for like seeing my mother as a child, not just as Mm. the woman that raised me and Mm. all the things that I was hurt by that she had done or the things that I was impacted by that wasn't the best. And as an adult, I've literally asked my mother, like, what is your story? Like, what what Mm. happened? You know, not in this in this. And originally it was I want to fix you because I've been fixing me. And if I could do it, you can do it. You you need what I got to give. Yes. And it was very egoic of me Mm -hmm. I feel to think that I could fix my mother or think that Mm -hmm. I had that right that's her journey it's not mine Mm -hmm. and so I I agree with you that in showing up in a more healed way we can heal our families in that way that's how the generational trauma gets healed and also I think as we heal especially our inner child and honor their experience we can have more grace for our parents like Mm -hmm. knowing that they really did the best they could And for me specifically, I give honor to my mother more learning her story and what she had Mm -hmm. to go through and still parent me and still show up for me and still love me in the best way that she knew how. And I can't take, I will not take away from that because I that she did the best she could. And I give thanks because I'm me because Mm. of what she did. So I'm not going to discount her process for her healing and how her healing looks in her life. Um, I'll give another example. Something that really shook me was me again thinking that I had to fix her. And I was just like, why don't you want to do much with your life right now? Why are you just like chilling so much? And I think I was having a conversation with my therapist and she was just like, what if your mother's version of peace is not yours? What if her version of peace Mm. is her sitting down? Because she's been Mm. up since she Mm -mm. was a kid. Like, how about that? How about she don't need to go to therapy? <laughs> how right. about she don't need to journal about it? How about uh, she just want to sit down and watch her TV? Right. Ooh. So give I'm, more, giving more space to that. I'm, amen. I was going to say that was absolutely. I think the grace piece is super important because um, that's what makes us humans. And I think the, the, the for me in my rush to adulthood, I think there there is an inhuman, not just inhumane, but there's an inhuman nature of that rush or being rushed, depending on the context that you're in, that when we get to adulthood, we do, some of us do lose grace and understanding and a broader perspective and worldview. I mean, we can take that to the to a lot of levels, but we're here to talk about this specifically. Um, and so when I, when I hear you talking about like being able to have grace with your mother and understand that like her understanding of rest is going to be different for you or peace is going to be different from you and I think that that when I think about getting to adulthood and this the you know keep coming back to that like the thing that we were told was the reason we shouldn't rush to adulthood paying bills is actually like 
um, such a unnuanced, super flat understanding of adulthood because what a gift it is to know now as an adult, I would potentially, right? Not all of us, some of us still needs to do the work. No judgment, no tea, no shade. <laughs> if you feel judgment, tea, shade, maybe interrogate. <laughs> but some of us, all of us, right, need to continue to do our work in terms of healing. But when we get to this adult life and we can see and have grace, that is a gift I think we're given that even if you didn't have a super traumatic childhood, it's it's not for that time in our lives, right? And so I do think, um, you know, I've been playing around with like, what would it be like? What are the things you want to say to to young people when they're like, oh, I can't wait to wear heels or I can't wait to be able to drive or all of these things that, you know, I mean, I guess you can drive when you're not an adult, but you know, all these things that we feel like we just cannot wait to do. We can't rush. We can't wait to grow up of being an adult and just honor that, you know, that's fine. And then nuance a little bit more. When you become an adult, you'll understand this moment or when you become an adult, I hope you'll understand why I made the decisions that I made. And sometimes our parents, our family members or whomever don't have access to that language. So I understand that. But I do think like my, there's a place in my own journey where I'm like, I just want to like make a whole list of things that I wish adults would have said to me about the rush to adulthood that were not about the bills. Like, Mm -hmm. yes, talk about them bills because always you need way more money than you think, by the way. (laughs) But that part of the, um, back to what you were saying about like the generational trauma piece is what's the, like, how do we provide access to like more frameworks, more language, just in the way we talk about what this adult life is to the generations who are coming after us that's honest, right? Like adulthood is hard. I think you, adulthood is the worst. Hood. I, I think you would. <laughs> yes, correct. And it's Ghetto. true. The lights it's, are off. The lights are off. <laughs> Street lights don't work. Like, they don't work. It's just not good. And so we get it. And I think part of the, the healing journey is to like learn to tell the truth. And the truth is not just that you pay bills or the truth is not just that my mom was such a bad person and she didn't love me the truth is so much broader and you get access to the tools to understand the full story in my life as an adult yeah and so if I could make a case for there are some good things that happen in adulthood Mm -hmm. including clarity being able to offer grace and being able to see a mother a parent or someone who's taking care of you that you like dad you know, insert the words you want to say, or you're so angry with them. It doesn't mean the anger goes away, but there's an understanding that comes mm-hmm. that I just think is so much more healing than I knew it could be. And I know it was for me deeply, even as I say it, I'm like relieved that I don't hold my mother with that level of frustration and, and malice sometimes it was. Mm-hmm. And, and I just, to see her and to see her mother, I have access to yeah. her mother as well. And just see, wow, mm, I get it. Mm-hmm. And because I get it, and she did not at the time because of her limited tools, I get to give her something through my healing. And what a gift. Yeah. And it sounds nice now. I will say very last thing on this piece. It sounds pretty and angelic and all of that things, but it's it's been hard one, hard one. Mm-hmm. Yes, 100%. I 100% agree with that. I think when we carry forward the message to the future generations, I feel like we can also make more space for them to tell their story as well. So 
when I think about younger people saying, I just want to grow up, I just want to grow up, I feel like they're often dismissed with this statement, like it's just bills, right? I think we can ask, like, what do you, what do you feel like adulthood has that you don't have now? What mm-hmm. is that you feel like you're lacking? And so maybe we can have a conversation about how you can have that feeling now, right? Like if you're feeling like you don't have freedom, why is that? What do you want to feel free to do? And so giving them more agency over their lives, because I feel like that's why pe- a lot of people go wild when they get out of their mama's house, because it's like, I never got to do anything I wanted to do. I'm going to do it all. And right. it's okay, because we all do it, right? We all have those moments where we're like, well, I didn't get to do this. I'm going to try it out. I'm going to dibble and dabble in the streets, you know? But mm. I think we we do not give children enough credit, you know, as they're growing up. Like we always say, well, you don't know nothing yet. And there's it's true. Wisdom comes with age. Wisdom comes with experience. And a lot of children don't have they haven't had a lot of experiences quite yet. But that doesn't mean that they don't know anything or they don't know what right. they want at that time right. in their life. And so I think, you know, that's how the healing can go backwards and forwards when we make space for like, okay, what's your story? What's going on with you? What do you feel like you're lacking? And how can I, as your parent or as an elder in your life, support you in getting that right now? So you don't feel like I can only get it when, because most of the Mm. time when you get there, it ain't what you thought. (laughs) Not even close. Not even close. So let's talk about it right now. Okay. (laughs) Not me. You're saying some things. You're saying some things because this question, there's two things I want to highlight in what you're saying that's so important. A child being asked what you need. What do you need? Sometimes they don't have access, right? They're not going to know everything that they need. They're not going to know that instead of, you know, like, oh, I need ice cream. They might say like, you know, I actually need to feel re- like, you know, some freedom or, you know, they it may not be able to name the under, under emotion, but just that, uh, that question I think is so countercultural to at least my experience being Black. Um, I'm just gonna say the thing. I mean, we're not monolithic, and I'm not here to say that we are. Mm-hmm. And there are things that we experience, especially if you grew up in the '80s and the '90s, like me. And I think you, you, yes, I'm a '90s baby, yes. you're a '90s baby, yes. Um, just what was happening in the world was different. So you know, it was like you know, children are to be seen, not heard. And I don't care about what you need. I'm giving you what you need, and you know, you need to just go ahead and follow suit. And so I think this idea of a child, especially a black child, being asked, "What do you need?" that you're looking for somewhere else is vital to that generational healing. One, two, I mean, the other pieces, this question of um, kind of not having your needs met and rushing up out of the house or rushing to go get it somewhere else is, I just want people to hear how dangerous that is. Mm-hmm. And this is not to put fault or blame on anyone. It is to say like, that's just the truth of how things are. Anything from like, well, I'm not getting any attention at my house. So I'm about to go get it from somebody. And that somebody ain't the right somebody. Or I'm not getting the right food or nourishment that I need at my house. So I'm going to just go get what it is. And it's probably bad for, you You know what I mean? Like there's just so many ways you can cut that thing. And so I, I feel like part of it, um, particularly for those I've, I'm, you, people are going to get tired of hearing me say it, but particularly for those who have access to children or young people in your life, like if you, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to talk to people or preach at nobody. I just hope that we're hearing the value of this question that you have asked. What do you need? for now and that question is going to carry them for the rest of their lives and so mm-hmm. I feel like the um the journey to adulthood I spoke with um with a friend um a few podcast episodes back 
and I talked about um, just the power of adulthood, healing in adulthood, as we're talking about, as being about some sort of return. And it's both a return as we've been talking about, like returning that young person to that space that with more healing, more support, and more access to the language that they need to, to, you know, advocate in the ways that they need to, but also returning um, kind of ours, ourselves, like as the adults that we are now, to a time where we can maybe get more of what we need um, and being able to bring that back to where we are now as we move forward. And I just, I do think that um, this idea that we are returning from a place that we rushed from, that I'm returning to a place that I, I felt like I had no choice but to run. I mean, I physically ran, physically ran the day it was safe for me to do so physically ran about that place and it felt right at the time I mean I'm sure you know for all the reasons and so to be returning to a place that I felt like I had to physically run from is it feels um, scary sometimes um, often most of the time to be real Um, but I think what I have learned through my ongoing lifetime going to be healing journey is that I've equipped myself with tools to see nine-year-old Hazel, to hold nine-year-old Hazel so that while we're in a space emotionally or sometimes physically back in the same place that was full of the trauma, we have different tools and we can we can navigate it and we can say, I'm not feeling good right now, let's leave, which is not mm-hmm. things I could do at that time for a myriad of reasons. And so I do think this conversation on healing as adults does not... It actually requires, as I'm hearing you say, it requires the child. Even if your trauma is not like this deep childhood trauma, it requires the child. That I would just say that. I 100% agree. Like it doesn't matter because I hear I hear people say that too when it comes to the healing journey. Like my childhood wasn't that bad. I have nothing I need to heal from, and that really. I feel like sometimes maybe they're not at the place to address anything that happened in their childhood, but it could very well be that they just had a happy-go-lucky childhood. I'm not Mm going to shade nobody for that. But I also think, like you said, like making space for our inner child is just important in general. As adults, we don't, we're so serious sometimes. (laughs) Like Mm. everything is so serious. Like I have things to do. I got to go here. I got to do there. And it's like, sometimes I just want to play. Sometimes I just want to have a good time. And that's frowned upon at like for adults like I was dating this guy one time and he was just like I feel like I'm too old to be this silly and I'm like says who who said that who said that (laughs) because why can't you play because you're an adult (sighs) why is it frowned upon for you to not be serious all the time or not be talking about adult things like why can't we just enjoy life Mm -hmm. we talked about that at the beginning of this episode of you know, part of the healing is not being so deep in the trenches of let me cry it out. Let me journal it out. Let me talk right. it out in therapy. How about I want to enjoy this life? That's also the liberation. That's also the healing. A lot of our ancestors didn't get to do that. They did literally simply did not get to enjoy their life. They mm. didn't get rest. I'm gonna go take a nap. How about that? <laughs> for the bloodline. For the for bloodline. The blood I'm gonna rest for all of us. I'm gonna yes. take a couple naps, actually. So 
you know, making space for the everyday things that contribute to our healing and our joy and our liberation. Those are the things that make this full circle and make it holistic mm. and not just so focused on, well, I need to get this off my mind or I need to release this so that I feel better and I'm fixed. You know, we have the ups and downs with life. That's going to happen. But mm -hmm. how we honor our childhood experience and our adulthood experience, you know, and have balance between the two. Absolutely. At what point did people stop being curious about like, just how our days were as children. What do we learn today? Like, those are fun things. I saw this video on Instagram the other day that was like a grown person. And I think there was a voiceover that was like, it's been a long time since someone asked me if my shoes, if, if I feel really fast in my shoes, like, you know, and I'm just like, yeah, we used to ask kids like, oh, can you run fast in those, you know? <laughs> and it's just little things that we just have forgotten each other. And I think um, what I hear you saying, what feels really important as we um, close out this conversation is, part of the gift of if we're going to rush to adulthood maybe the rush is to he being human like mm. and there especially for those of us who have experienced some um particular trauma that didn't feel humane or human in any way mm. um to be able to be act to access the humanity that we wish we had um mm -hmm. and so you know of course there's a million ways to cut it you know you can have a bad life and grow up and treat other people poorly because you were treated poorly but the other side is possible. Hey, I did not get all the love that I needed or deserved. And so wherever possible, I'm going to pour with boundaries, please, y'all, with boundaries. <laughs> I'm going to pour love. I'm going to show up for the, the me, the child in me, and the people in this world who also have stuff they're dealing with, with the same love that I so desperately wanted and deserved. Mm -hmm. um, and so I do think that part of the adult journey is being able to choose a little bit more I can choose with my healing, right? Because sometimes people don't feel like they have choice. I, I recognize that. But I could choose today to ask somebody, oh, you got some new shoes? You run fast in those? Mm -hmm. You know, I could choose to do that and bring that type of joy because what I think is missing when people, one, get their childhood snuffed, and then two, feel like when they get to adulthood, there's no more childlikeness. What is missing is the joy all the way across. And I think that's what we need a little bit more of. So healing in adulthood may be like, where do you have, where do you need to have joy, more joy? Um, where, do, where can channeling an inner, inner child bring you that type of joy? I'm going to do that. I'm going to ask myself that question um, for the next little bit. So, oh, Lonnie. I'm truly grateful, like, <laughs> Chelsea, you're listening. Thank you. Um, really grateful for this time and conversation and just to share this space with you and just to feel and hear your wisdom, experiential wisdom. This is not empirical data, which people just love. I mean, lived experience, wisdom, and I'm grateful and the people are going to be grateful. And so, um, when they come looking for you, where can they find you? They can find me on these internets. Okay. Thanks, I am internet. on instagram i'm on tiktok and i'm on youtube all of them under the name loving the journey with two g's and two y's okay. so you can find me there i share my wisdom there thank you for validating me for that i appreciate you um and yeah i'm pretty much just on the internet all the time talking so we love to hear it you will find all of the places where you can find lonnie and loving the journey with two g's and two y's and two y's mm -hmm. you'll Double. find all that in the description 
thank you so much for this time and this conversation and for having just the the heart to talk about how we're healing in adulthood as we rush to adulthood. We'll catch y'all next time. I am always so grateful for every conversation that you tune into, particularly grateful for you tuning into today's topic on healing in adulthood as it is vital for our growth and development. I hope that you took away what you needed for your life and for all of us, all the communities and the lives that touch your own. Thank you always for supporting and listening and sharing, subscribing. We are on this journey of healing, laughing, sometimes crying, learning in our adult life. And so thank you for joining me on Rushing to Adulthood.